Hey, last week, I was at our sister church in Simsbury preaching and for my friend Matt Blazer. Matt is on uh, paternity leave. He just had a, a newborn, and so two weeks old now, uh, little Micah, and so he asked me several months ago if I would preach for him. And so what's the great thing about our church is I am so confident and uh, that I can go and leave and not preach and that the elders will preach a faithful and biblical sermon. I don't even have to worry about it. I don't even think twice about it. So I'm so thankful for Jody's faithful sermon last week and just the opportunity to go down and be with our brothers and sisters in Simsbury and to serve them in that capacity. But here's the thing. Uh, two months ago, when Matt asked me to do this, he said, listen, we're doing, like, he plans a sermon series way far in advance, and he sticks to them, not like me, where I say I'm doing John, and I just can't focus, and i just all over the place, right? Um, I, trust me, I'll get back to John <laughs> next week, maybe. Um, but he signed me, like, I need to, we're, we're doing this thing about kingdom living, and I, we're on Micah 6, 8, and I want, you to, I want you to preach on justice and loving kindness. Like, Matt, you really want to be him to preach on justice? He goes, yeah, yeah, I want you to do it. My, my community needs to hear about what justice is. And I said, okay, okay. And of course, I don't know if you know what happened two weeks ago, but there was this trial uh, that happened, right? Two weeks ago was the trial of the murderer of George Floyd. And here's what I'll say to that. Justice did not happen. That moment and that week was a moment of injustice. Now, don't be alarmed. I know some of you are maybe a little panicking at this moment, but look at that week was in good company because all the previous weeks and all the previous moments up until that moment was unjust as well. And all the following weeks that are going to happen from this moment are going to be unjust. It's just the way it is. It's just who we are. Now, maybe you're really now freaking out, like, I don't know, you're making assumptions about my political viewpoint, maybe you're cheering me on and agreeing. Here's what I would say, don't worry, breathe, I'm a Marxist. (laughs) You're okay. Right, wink, I'm not a Marxist, right? (laughs) Look, at that trial wasn't justice. It was a moment of rare accountability. Floyd's murderer was held accountable for his unjust actions, but justice wasn't carried out. George Floyd is still dead. Now, maybe you're not understanding, like, I don't like that language, and there was, that was a lot of language in the media about accountability and not justice, but I hear, hold out, that makes a lot of sense for us Christians. Like, that to be language, like, yeah, we understand that. It wasn't justice, because sending a murderer to prison doesn't make a family whole or remedy the grief. Uh, President Obama and and Michelle Obama, they they had a public statement and they hinted at this idea uh, that I'm going at in this statement. They said, if we're being honest with ourselves, we know that true justice is about much more than a single verdict in a single trial. The idea that they're getting at is that justice is personal, but it's more than personal. It's more than interpersonal. That uh, justice is also institutional. That justice is also societal. And here's what you and I know, is that this world is made up of you and I. And you and I are depraved. 
we are sinners. We are broken people. And even this last week, you maybe heard a language that uh, rebuking people, hey, America is racist or America is not racist. But here's the thing as Christians, like, that language should never bother us. I don't know whether it is or not. I know there is racism. But here's what I know. America is filled with sinners. Every last one of them. So calling America racist doesn't bother me. Because racism is a subset of sinners, and I have no problem calling our country or anyone else or myself a sinner. Because that's who we are. We are filled with injustice. A just society would be a place where people of color, when they do comply with police commands, like Adam Toledo, they don't die. A just society is when people of color don't comply with police commands like Dante Wright. They don't die either. And here's the point I want you to understand very clearly in Scripture. Death is in opposition to God. Period. That's the biblical story. Especially when image bearers kill other image bearers. Whether they think they're justified or not. That is in opposition to God because death is in opposition to God. Death is the last enemy of God. The whole part of scripture is God going about, like God has to take care of the issue of death in our lives and he has to eradicate it. Now maybe you're thinking, isn't death the punishment for sin? Yes, but here's how God issues you the punishment of sin. Sin by itself removes us from the author of life. It separates us, and therefore we enter into death. It's not that God ushers in death, we usher in death, because we remove ourselves from the author, sustainer of all life. And God has to remedy this. God has to take care of death. Violence and death are not normative with God. They're normative with sinners. The point is that we usher in death by our hands, whether by malice, whether by self-defense, whether by war, whether by accident, whether because we're seeking to be like God. God's heart is grieved by death. And so should ours. At every death. At every death, our hearts should be grieved. This is not the way it should be. This is not God's way. We should want a remedy. We should want reform. We should want a fix of any action, uh, any system, on any human condition that is okay with death. Because that's not who God is. Justice is bigger than a single verdict in a single trial. Justice is bigger than personal accountability. It's bigger than institutional accountability. Justice is bigger than societal accountability. It is all of those things, hear me clearly, it is all of those things and much more, and much more. Tyler Burns, of the, the president of The Witness, uh, does the... Uh, past the mic broadcast, he said this, justice in our world is defined by the system that doesn't 
provide it. And we will not let that system define it. In which I say amen. We will not let the world define what justice is. We will let God define what justice is. Because God is the definition of justice. Tim Keller gets to this point. It says, biblical justice is not first of all a set of bullet points or a set of rules and guidelines. It is rooted in the very character of God and is the outworking of that character, which is never less than just. Hear this clearly. Justice is God's character. That's the definition of justice. And I think... We know this as Christians because here's the thing, you maybe don't know this right, but the word justice and the word righteousness in scripture, it's the same word. It's the same concept. So we are easy to say God's righteousness and that God is right and that God is perfect and that God is holy. That makes sense to us. But when we say that God is righteous, what we're saying is God is just that God is justice. God's righteousness is God's justice. Justice is not a concept of right or wrong. It is, but that's really not, that's a, that's a limited definition of justice. Just, there is right or wrong, but if that is your starting point, if you have this image of, and we have this in our justice system, right, of, of the scales of justice, of right or wrong, it's a, it's a poor way of beginning to understand what justice is. There is right or wrong, but justice is who God is. And it's not a concept that we put upon, oh, this is what justice is. And then, see, that's what God is. No, that's not the starting point. The starting point is always God. This is who God is, and therefore this is what justice is. And it's not a part of God. I want you to understand that. Justice is not like one aspect of who God is. Every aspect of God is just. So every part of his character is justice. And so when we try to begin to understand justice, we need to begin to understand all of who God is. And then we begin to understand what justice is. If I were to ask you to tell me who God is, you would say, yeah, all right, one person said that. If I were to ask you who God is, the first thing you would say is, God is love, right? As Christians, we would start with God is love, right? Once again, love is not a concept we put upon God. All aspects, every part of God is love. So if every part of God is love and every part of God is just, here's what you need to know about justice. It is not opposed to love. In fact, it's synonymous with it. Love and justice. And therefore, you could put grace and justice are synonymous as well because God is always just. You may have heard this before and I've used this language when we talk about the cross, right? We've heard this and it's great rhetoric and I've used it, I like it, where that justice and God's grace or God's love intersect at the cross, right? But here's the problem with that. 
It's, a, it's implying that somehow justice and God's grace and love somehow weren't intersected beforehand. They are never separated. They are always the same thing. And so it, is, it doesn't just become the intersected cross. What happens at the cross, it becomes the greatest revelation of God's justice and grace. It becomes the greatest manifestation of it for all of us to see. But God is always loving and always just and always graceful and always merciful. This is who he is. Yes, in scripture, yes, there is retributive justice. There is punishment for right and wrong. It is. But the overall emphasis of the concept of justice and God's character is reparative or restorative justice in Scripture. Meaning, Scripture is filled with God's grace from beginning to end. And not just the New Testament. From beginning to end, it's filled with God's mercy for unjust people, for sinners. And then we come to this, this passage today, right? Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what is required of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with our God. Now, I hope when you, when you hear what is good, maybe that rings a bell of a story in the New Testament where the rich young man comes to Jesus and, and is talking about his morality and he first addresses Jesus, O oh, good teacher. And what does Jesus respond with? Well, no one's good except for God. Yes, that is true. And what Jesus is saying is, yes, only God is good. Everyone else is not good. Only God is just. Everyone else is unjust. And Jesus is saying, yeah, you're right. I am good. I am the just. I am God. And so when you say, oh, man, what is good? God is good all the time. And what does the Lord require of you? I want you to understand, right? What this is saying is that the logic means God is, is saying in Micah, what does God require of you? What does God require of every person to be good? And who is good? How do we define what good is? God. What Micah is saying is here's the requirement. Be like God in character. Not in your nature, right? You don't have all the attributes of God. But be in his communicable attributes that he has, which he gives us. This is the point of God's gift of his Holy Spirit to us. That he begins to work in us these attributes which are given to us, that are growing in us to be like him. To be like him, just. Rabbis understood Micah 6, 8 as a summary of, of all the moral law in scripture, right? And so you know the moral law, the Ten Commandments, right? And then, of course, the, in, in the rest of the Torah, the law, there's a bunch of other commandments or case laws or things like that pointing that out. But th they like to summarize things. What is the summary? They said, this is a summary. Do justice. Love kindness. Walk humbly with your God. Be like God. Because the Ten Commandments aren't a list of do and don'ts. They are. But they're really a list of God's character. That's how they understood it. And that's how we are to understand it too. And so this is a summary of how to understand God's character. Now, do you remember if I asked you, how does Jesus summarize the moral law? Come on, how does he summarize the moral law? 
Yeah, love. The answer is always love. All right, come on. You can't go wrong. All right. Love God. Love your. That's how he summarizes God's characteristic, right? Because God is always loving. Every aspect of that. And God is always just. If you are loving, you will not be unjust. Just can't happen. Love and justice must be and are synonymous with each other all the time. So let's break down these three requirements, these three things that God says that that summarize his character. The first, do justice, love kindness, and then walk humbly with God. Let's start with the end. The end is walk humbly with God. Now here, it's a little bit hard to understand that because the word humility here is not the normal word for humility. What really this is saying is say, pay attention to how you walk with God. Pay close attention to who you are and how you're being with God, your relationship with him. It's the idea, and it's a phrase that I use in my parenting a lot, not because I'm a good parent, because this is the, I, I, focus, focus, be alert. I, I've just started uh, helping coach baseball again. It's been a seven-year hiatus uh, from my baseball experience, and so there is, you know, you, in baseball, you're always coaching a kid, and you know, they, they just love nature more than the sport themselves. Right, and so they're picking the flower, and we have one of these guys that will not, fo- I'm like constantly, focus, focus, pay attention. Like you need to have mental focus. And this is what God is saying to you. Pay attention, stay alert, focus on me. Focus on me. And then the first two requirements, right, do justice. Now, I've just told you that justice is, is God's communicable attributes. It's the character of who God is. That is the foundation of all justice. So God is saying, in do justice, he's saying, be like God's character. Or he's saying, do God's character. Now, we have to have questions like, what is God's character? We'll get to that in a moment. But that is what the first one is saying, is do justice. Do God's character. Be God's character all the time. Pay attention to that. And then the second one is love kindness. Really, a, a better way of saying it is, uh, is be in steadfast love, meaning endure in your love. Persevere in your love. Now, if you've been a person that has tried to love anyone, you know love really is a measure of perseverance and endurance. That, that it requires because People, including yourself, don't deserve love or are unlovable. But that's when God's character is that he endures and perseveres in love. We we love people not because they deserve it, but because they need it. Because we need it. And so the second one is do God's love. Do God's love. Which is, by the way, his character. So the first two, do justice and love kindness, are really repetitive. They're really saying the same thing over again. These are summaries of explaining God's law, and they're communicating the same thing. It's all saying, this is who God is. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to God's character. To do justice is loving steadfastly or enduring in your love. To persevere in love is to do justice. Be like God's 
character. Micah 6.8 is saying, pay attention to God's character and then be like God's character. Walk in that day in and day out. Love the way God loves. Be just like God is just all the time. Easy, right? Like, oh, now I got it. Simple. Let me go out and do that. Hear the good news. Clearly, hear the good news. That you and I are not able to fulfill this requirement. What is good? The answer is not you. You are not just. You are not kind. And you are not humble. And you certainly do not pay attention to God like the way you should. But you may say, and I know I do, right? Well, I'm better than so-and-so. Like, I'm more just than them. I'm more kind than, I pay attention more to God than them. The problem with doing those kinds of things is you're using the wrong measuring stick. You're putting yourself as the measuring stick or them as the measuring stick, and God says, I'm the measuring stick. And so we know we're not either of those things. The good news is Jesus is God, and he is just, and he is kind, and he walks humbly with the Father, and every moment of his existence, he pays attention to the Father, because he is God, and he is one. Jesus fulfills all the requirements of the law, all the requirements of Micah 6.8, all the requirements of justice, all the requirements of love, This is his righteousness. This is his justice, which is his love. The reason Jesus goes to the cross is because he knows you and I can't, you and I don't, and you and I will not live out Micah 6.8 because we are not just and we are not love. The cross is the ultimate manifestation of the revelation of God's character. I mean, yes, the cross is the place where God, Jesus gives us his righteousness and forgiveness, but that's because that's his character. It is actually the ultimate manifestation of who he is. So you want to know who God is? You want to know what justice is? You want to know what love is? Look to the cross as the ultimate manifestation of that. The cross is loving justice. This doesn't mean we get to wash our hands of the requirement of Micah 6 8. Like, Jesus got it, I'm out. That's not how we walk in faith. That's not how we walk in love. It is true, Jesus fulfills this. But, but the good news doesn't stop at the cross. The good news doesn't stop at the cross. The good news is it, it begins also in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That God gives us His Spirit to begin to change us our broken character into his character. He begins to rewire us inside out and it's his spirit and it's his character. And he says, walk in the resurrected life. Now Jesus talks about he is the resurrection before he's even resurrected. And the point is, is he's trying to tell us, look at you and I now, we're dead and now we're alive. Walk in life. Walk in my character, not in your old way. 
That's kingdom living. Ezekiel tells us in his day that God will give us a new heart and a new spirit. And Jeremiah tells us that God will write the laws on our heart. All the more, God will write his character on our heart because that's what the law is. The Holy Spirit is the law in our hearts and the Holy Spirit is writing or communicating his attributes on our heart and heart being the center of who we are, not just our passions, but our will and everything else. What is required of you? Pay attention. Pay attention to God and be his character and do his character. That's what was required of you. What is that work? What is that requirement? It is the cross. Now, certainly, you do not live out the cross and do with the cross what Jesus does. You do not take away people's sins. You do not give people your righteousness. But you do live in the manner because the cross is not just a moment at time. It is a way of life. Jesus lived the way of the cross his whole life, laying down his life for others. The cross is about loving justice. The cross is about just loving. It is about being in God's character all the time. And Jesus tells us to follow him, doesn't he? Jesus says to pick up your cross and follow me. He says to, to lay down your life. And John 14, 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will you do because I'm going to the Father. Meaning, like, you will do, you will lay down your life. You will do the way of the cross. You will do what I do with every breath of your life. The way of the cross is the way of Jesus and the way of resurrected living and the way of expressing God's character, his love, and justice. Jesus' actions of, the, of justice and grace are not radically different than on the cross. His whole life, he lived out justice and love for people. His whole life, he lived out grace. His whole life demonstrated an unrelenting pursuit of justice acts of radical generosity, radical grace, and loving kindness. The cross is the model of God's character and resurrected living. Demonstrates God's grace and radical life of forgiveness. You want to be just? You want to be God's character? Are you living radical forgiveness in your life? Well, brothers and sisters, what does the Lord require of you? What is the Lord working inside of you? What is he doing in you? Here's what you need to understand first and foremost. I want you to understand about God's character. Because you're like, what is God's character? I got it. Justice is God's character. What is God's character? How do I pay attention? How do I do this? Here's what I want us to understand to begin with. The start of justice in our life, the start of God's character in our life, start with the fruits of the Spirit. Because then you begin to understand who God is. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? What is the manifestation of God's justice in your life? What are those fruits of spirits? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Look, at those aren't exclusively all, like there's more. That's just the beginning list of nine. 
that God gives us. Beginning of justice in this world, beginning of God's character in the world are the fruits of the Spirit in your life. That God is working in you to manifest in the world. And what does it say? It says, there is no law against these things. Meaning, right? There is no injustice when these things happen. Because it's God's character. The other parenting skill that I have, I have two. These are right. One is focus. And the other one that I constantly say when the kids are fighting or bickering or just, it's the refrain that we use in our house is, are you being radically kind? Like, mostly because I don't want to deal with what's going on. But, like, the solution to the issue is, like, like, I don't care who's right or wrong in this moment. Are both of you being radically kind in this moment? Because if you're being radically kind in this moment, all this goes away. All this is solved. Whoever is right or wrong becomes solved because God's justice works out. Because God's character is being played out there. However that kindness manifests itself. Are you being radically, generously kind? Man, that does not describe myself very much. But it does describe God. The beginning of justice is God's character. The beginning of the manifestation of, of, of true justice in this world is the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the fruits of the Spirit spilling out in our lives to the world around us. That's the beginning of justice. This character is also described well in, in Romans 12, right? We, we know Romans 13 as a description of love, but I actually like Romans 12 as a description of love. Both are Paul's and both are true, but you wouldn't hear this one read at a wedding, right? Romans 12, 9 says, let love be genuine, meaning let it be true. Let it be tangible. Let it be experienced. Don't just say love, do it. And then the first description of love is abhor what is evil, meaning hate. The first description of what love is, is hate. Hate what is evil. Hate what is opposite of God. One of those things is death. Hate the opposite of God. Live out God's character. And then it goes on to say, right, here's some more characteristics. If you want, man, what does God's character look like in this world? What describes Jesus in his life? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. That's, this is justice, blessing and rejoicing. Weep with those who weep. People that are struggling, that are hurting, that are struggling maybe because there's racism in the world, because there's injustice in the world, and they're hurt and they're struggling, here's what you're required to do. Weep with them. That's God's character. Because God's character weeps and grieves in death. So your response is not to agree or disagree. It's to be present with them and to understand them and to enter into that grief. We had a prayer of lament today. This is appropriate in our life. If you read the Psalms, it's lament, lament, lament. Because we know this is what life is. A struggle in sin and death. And we ought to lament. And we ought to seek God's character. 
verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Well, whose sight am I going to be wise in? Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself. Leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Man, did you hear that? I told you at the very beginning. Yeah, justice is retributive, but God says, leave it to me. Leave retributive justice to me. Look at, he gives us the state, governments throughout history, and the government's job, when they do it well, secular justice, is not about keeping God's character. How could they? They're not God. It's not God. But the secular justice is about keeping people accountable and our communities safe and for their well-being. And they're good. That's their job to do. All of us, all of us flee accountability in our lives. We don't like it. As a church, we need to keep each other accountable. We need to start with each other interpersonally. We need to start as a church. How do we keep our church accountable to God's character? Listen, as, as citizens, we need to keep the government accountable. It is wholly appropriate to keep the government accountable. But here's as Christians, as citizens, how we keep the government accountable. Do we keep them accountable to the Constitution? We keep them accountable to God's character. Because that is justice. Yes. Yes, we need to keep the police accountable because police are a subset of people. <laughs> right? All people need to help accountable and police need to help. This isn't about demonizing police officers, but the issue in our country, we know it is bigger. We know it is bigger. It's more than it's bigger than individual officers. And here's what we need to do as Christians. We need to begin to have honest and open conversations about how does God's justice live out in this world and how do we want our government to keep our communities safe. Period. Let's have that discussion. There's not, a, there's not one answer to that discussion. But there's a beginning point to have that discussion. Because listen, as Christians, we don't want anyone to die. Because death is in opposition to God. We don't want criminals to die. We don't want innocent people to die. We don't want police officers to die. Period. Our secular justice system is always unjust because it's based on us. We are unjust. However, you and I are not to be reformed into a secular justice system, but we're being reformed into the character of God. This is God's gift to us. We are being transformed into a character of justice and love. At the very end of Romans 12, hear this clearly. It says, Romans, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Like we were just in John 4, right? And John 4, what did Jesus offer? Spiritual food and spiritual drink as a metaphor, right? Like we meet people need those things. Like I think literally we need to give those things to people as they need them as well. But Jesus said, offer. Jesus offers himself to the woman at the well. 
He offers true justice and true love. He's offering eternal life. This is what we're required to do. To manifest God's character because God's manifesting us to live it out. And then to point people to God's character. Point people to God. This is who he's making us to be. So let's live it out so that others can be satisfied as well. Look, I joked I was a Marxist at the beginning. Right? There's a story to that. You can ask me about that, why I said that. But you, I hope you realize, you can't, you can't help but realize that I am not a Marxist if you actually listen to this sermon. You won't know my political views. But you, you do know my heart and what God is working in my heart to be like him. And I'm a sinner just like you. But God is working in us. I said at the very beginning that justice wasn't done in the trial of the murderer of George Floyd because George Floyd is still dead. Death is the enemy and in opposition to God. But God's justice, God's character, God's love brings life. That's it. God's love brings life. He is life-giving because he's the author and stainer of life. The cross turns death to life because that's God's character. We live out God's righteousness. We live out the resurrected life as brothers and sisters at the bride of Christ so that others might walk from death to life. Let us focus. Let us pay attention as we live out God's character, his loving justice for the world. The beginning of justice starts with his character. We continue to learn and have conversation about how that justice gets lived out in this world, and we should. We should. But justice that doesn't start with God and doesn't start with his character and doesn't start with living out the fruits of spirits is not justice. You and I shall be the manifestation of God's justice and his character in the world by the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what he's doing in us and for the world. Brothers and sisters, let us pay attention to it. Let us pray. Gracious Father, I am so thankful for the work that you're doing in these people. I am so grateful for it, to begin to see the character of you come out in these people. That helps point me to you, Lord. Lord, continue to work in me and to work in us to pay attention and to focus on who you are and how do we live out love and justice and who you are for each other and for the world so that they may see you and that they may move from death to life. Lord, continue to resurrect us. Continue to move in us and to work your fruit in our life. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen.